0: He said radio 89.7 FM. This is Arts Monday, Simpoesis, streaming to you from the Gerigo land of the Eora Nation. My name is Ira, and I'm starting a call to Blue Mountains-based painter and performance artist Katya Petetskaya to talk about her solo exhibition, Am I Nature?, currently showing at Blue Mountains Cultural Center in Katumba. Katya Petetska's works are made through gestural language and expressive mark-making. The experiences that are stored in the body are translated into the large-scale abstract paintings that are left to feel alive, vibrating with energy. Her process-driven practice is led by the choice and use of materials, which she treats as collaborators who propose their own ideas and limitations to which she then responds. Katya's current solo exhibition, Am I Nature, investigates the complex relationship between humans and nature, which we, on the one hand, feel a part of and equal to, while also trying to overcome and master. Katya, good morning, do we have you on the line?
1: Good morning, Ira. Thank you for having me.
0: Hey, where are you calling us from, and what surrounds you as you speak to us this morning? I am
1: calling from Katumba, and um, it's rather chill morning here. I am, um, I, I'm calling from the area that is um, covered by trees. <laughs> it is still quite wintry landscape um, because we don't have. Um, a lot of fresh green yet, but it's nice and cozy and I have my hot tea next to
0: me. Mm. And what are your Monday mornings usually like? I I don't think I have a
1: different Monday to Tuesday to Saturday. I feel like, um, it's as I observe also um, among my artist friends, it's like it's life is... It's just work and play. It all comes together. Weekends and weekdays um, are not really separated. I mean, you work a lot. And (laughs) and, um, yes, Monday usually I start with... um, I I try to, um, you know, like every other day I would spend maybe a few minutes just uh, warming up my body for the day with some yoga exercises maybe. And then having very short uh, meditation, about maybe 10 minutes. And um, yes, I'm getting into it.
0: (laughs) And are you normally a morning kind of person or a night owl or something in between? And when do ideas tend to come to you? What time of day? It
1: It changes. I used to be a very late night person and uh, 2 a.m. used to be my favorite time. Mm. And that shifted, so I think, but I'm not a morning person i'm I'm half asleep and still dreaming, as you could probably guess
0: <laughs> mm. speaking yes. about dreams do ideas yeah. ever come or inspirations ever come to you through dreams
1: concepts yes definitely mm. um I think um you know like with the dreams you have we have our uh, Things that we acquire during uh, our waking hours, we process it. And therefore, for that reason, I don't think dreams interesting to me uh, to put them into my art practice. Mm-hmm. Because um, my art practice is rather moving away from um, the experience that I understand already. I can process through, um, you know, like I try... The, the reason why I uh, work with, uh, like in painting or performance, I would always work with an object or my medium is to uh, to divert the focus from myself
2: mm-hmm.
1: and invite and collaborate to, to create new knowledge. To me, what I already have is, it's interesting to some extent, but also not <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If, and generated in my mind an image, it already exists and it's not interesting for my art, therefore.
0: Mm. Yeah. However, the only tool that we really do have as we move through this world is our body and the experiences that are stored in it. And then at the same time, you're aiming to escape the logic of those experiences or the immediacy of them. But body is is the tool that you use as an inspiration for your work.
1: Absolutely, um, body is um, is there, and um, and I guess what I'm also interested about the body is how much I don't know about it. Mm-hmm. So when you think about it as a tool, but also as medium, particularly, you realize that. Um, there are things that need to be discovered. It's the same thing as I work with painting, work with painting, um, with how it responds and reacts and uh, listening to it. And um, the same thing with the body. And body is such a incredible tool because, um, and medium because it changes all the time. It's mm. never the same. Mm. And it holds a lot. And, um, you know, this being able to see it from from new perspective, that's that's exactly what I'm going for in my practice.
0: <laughs> mm. In uh, the interview that you recently had uh, with your curator at Blue Mountains Cultural Center, Haley Zena, I hope I'm pronouncing the name right. Yeah. Point uh, yep. You mm-hmm. spoke about this uh, emptying process, a process of emptying yourself so you actually can achieve this state of non-habitual or non preconceived and you speak about it in terms of ritual Uh, you spoke earlier how you start your days with meditation which connects you to that more intuitive part of yourself so yeah tell us a bit more about this process of emptying yourself and the ritual you go through in order to approach your work
1: yes absolutely absolutely um so emptying of the body it's um it's it's of course it's a technique that's been used um, by many artists, particularly it's used in Bhutto, and uh, you know, creating this emptying body there are different techniques in performance art people use, you know, you can cut different senses um, outside, you know, like smell uh, touch, so you explore uh, things through uh, new experiences again, but also I think unlike, for example unlike Bhutto, in performance art we um, well, some performance artists would be interested not in a passive body, but the body that also, like, has self-consciousness, intellect, and desires. These are not thrown away. We look at them as our medium again.
2: Mm.
1: But to be able to do that, you need to empty the body. You need to dissociate to some extent to be able to see how it works at w- and what it can propose as a medium.
0: Mm. So emptying for uh, you is a process of distancing yourself yes. from the body. Yeah. You're not speaking of emptying in terms of, I don't know, maybe uh, fasting or physical emptying, but more of a mental emptying or even emotional. Exactly. I'm asking yourself,
1: what is it? What is it, my body? What is it?
2: Mm.
1: Um And and um, it's a very similar process how I would work with uh, my material. I would um, basically, um, you know, try uh, to get away from the cultural codes of what I know about it before, what I learned. And um, yes, to some extent, people say like it is impossible to do, but Mm -hmm. it's definitely possible to try, and the journey discovering when you try to strip away the preconceived meanings and ideas that um, we have um, in relation to certain um, objects maybe that we work with. Mm. It's interesting, but the same thing comes with the body, like uh, removing how I um, hold my body, the posture I hold, um, Mm. the gesture I make, the trauma that my body has experienced. That's what um, I think creates In painting, for example, an interesting mark, an interesting move, Mm. interesting decision-making. That awareness, for example, of um, limitations of the body, Mm. when people, uh, some artists experience physical pain or limitations, and they use it as their painting method, because they're so aware of it that it becomes part of their painting process.
2: Mm.
1: Like disappearing outside, for example, or uh, weakness of the hand. Um, you know, like, it, of course, it all affects um, the ability to paint, but it also poses a lot of new opportunities.
0: Mm. You're on ESA radio eighty-nine point seven FM. This is Arts Monday Symposis, and we are in conversation with visual artists and performance artist Katya Petetskaya, who is calling us from Blue Mountains, where she currently has her solo exhibition, Am I Nature? Katya, you just mentioned the posture, the gesture, and when you paint, you actually do engage your whole body. So there is a posture and the gesture, and your paintings are described as gestures textural paintings. So could you speak a bit about the technique that you use to make those paintings? I know that the canvas or the medium that you paint on uh, the surface that you paint on is placed on the floor. So you paint from above, for instance.
1: Um, Yes. Painting from above is, um, is important. And um, it became important because uh, first uh, floor space is probably easiest to find Mm-hmm. um I paint quite large scale and um walls um could be difficult but it also that uh through my work um as an arts work I spent uh quite a bit of time in remote indigenous communities and observing people wor- uh, working on um you know sometimes on dirt sometimes on um like floor in in, an art center and like people paint a lot on the floor and that it becomes such a you could see it as such a natural um way of doing it um it was interesting to me when i found that uh, jackson pollock for example his idea of painting and uh, putting his work on um on earth (laughs) on, Mm -hmm. on the floor was came from um seeing you know, works by indigenous artists uh, working with sand, for example, and he was talking about how being able to come from painting from every side, you can disappear in the painting, and mm. and you lose you you lose um, the feeling that you're painting because um, so it helps you to forget mm. the painting. <laughs> Um, and I think I can really relate to that
2: mm-hmm. so the
1: floor has been always important and some of the works I I also experimented painting them in the air with a harness mm-hmm. so I um, because gravity is such a big part of life
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> it's so limiting and that was really interesting to me to explore at some point um, so, so yes uh, it's their speed of the move changes, uh, their character of mark making changes. Then you extend also your medium is not only the paint, the rugs you painting with, the brushes, um, you know, hands and parts of the body. But also the harness, you become aware of the harness and it's, um, you know, it has limitations. It pains you. It's, um, you cannot stay in the harness for a very long time. It um, blocks the Blood flow, and it, you can literally become sick. So all of this is—it's a very, um, you know, the sensations that going through—they the, direct the movement, and that's interesting to explore.
0: Mm. So when you say uh, with a harness, does that mean that you paint from below and the surface is above you? Is that what you have in mind?
1: Um, the surface is on the floor, and I'm uh, attached to the ceiling.
0: Oh, okay. Mm-hmm.
1: and um, so i'm flying above the painting in um in it's it's a not um it's not very violent mm-hmm. <laughs> flying um, because i am i'm a little bit slow um in I'm, as so my i that my idea um my, my thinking behind my process is that i'm trying to access um, insight that my medium has mm-hmm. and that Usually, uh, for me, I cannot really do it fast. So, for example, I relate to gestural obstruction, but I have, um, it's not a wild energy. It has restraint, constraint mm-hmm. that comes from questioning. Mm.
0: You mentioned what Pollock. Doing? Mm.
1: Yes. You, yeah,
0: you mentioned Pollock, and uh, before that, you briefly mentioned Butoh, which uh, is a form of Japanese performance art, um, kind of dance performance in some way, movement-based performance. So I wanted to ask you, because the name of this show is Sympoesis, and it is a term taken from Donna Haraway, who speaks of it as making wit, how nothing that we make is made in isolation from the others or the non-human other or the elements around us. So we are all a part of a lineage as artists. (laughs) Uh, We are inspired by others. And I wanted to ask you, who are your creative inspirations in the world? And how has that changed over time as well?
1: Um, uh, I guess, um, like, so this is this is the question. Um, My real inspiration, I think, would be uh, would be my medium. Mm -hmm. This is um, However if the question about artists I'll, um, I could reply it, um, I could reply to this question as well but um, medium is um, my medium whether as a performance artist I work uh, with some particular object um, I, for example I worked with um, stockings last year um, to create uh, certain movements and um, you know and redefining the qualities of um, my material is something. My inspiration comes from the question that I have, and the question that I have is probably how to be in this material world.
2: Mm.
1: And um, the inspiration I get is from, it just happened that I turned to art and it it comes from when I have insights through my painting or performance that is the biggest inspiration because the reason why I turned to those, to, to performance and painting is because yes. I felt like I couldn't get it anywhere else from, I couldn't get it from the, you know, word-based um, knowledge. I, I knew that something that I was after was not really formulated in language. Mm-hmm. And, um, and for that reason, I could sense from other artists the message, but once it's articulated in words, it's not the same as experiencing their artwork.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So so I don't know if I'm answering your question.
0: No, you are. You're speaking about um a process that you create through. And this is the choice of the tools, painting tools and materials that you will work with. And then you treat them as collaborators, which inform what will be made through their own ideas and limitations, as you say. And I did mention canvas, but I also imply that you use other surfaces to paint on. So they're aluminium or synthetic paper. And one of the questions I did have is why do you use all these different surfaces, and what does each offer to you? How do they change the process?
1: Right. Um, <laughs> I think synthetic paper came as necessity. Uh, it was because I spent some time in um, artist residency in Panama, and uh, before going there, in indigenous community Kuna people, these Kuna people, so. I, before going there, I was told that it would be very humid, and I probably won't be able, so when you travel, the material you can bring with me is probably the most, um, you know, paper you think of, uh, because you can bring a lot of it, it's quite light, but um, I was told that it would disintegrate in tropics, um, and probably wouldn't be, so archival uh, qualities of that material was questionable in those settings and I researched and I came across the upper paper as um, something that could uh, be used in those settings and it was um it was my first encounter with Yapo and um, and then also I guess I relate to synthetic material because to me it's some there's some parallel with um with human because um we are so removed from nature through transformation mm-hmm. processes. You know, we come from nature, but we are so like, you know, transformed, transformed, and we almost like, you know, like more and more. And the same is with um, synthetic material that is after this endless transformation process. Um, we, it's still, you know, made of nature, but it's nothing like could be found initially you know before uh, human impact so that was um beginning and and aluminium is um it was something that i just wanted to try it's also a bit punishing it's heavy (laughs) (laughs) and torturous in a way to prepare it to you know um the edges because it it could be quite sharp if you you have to treat it really well. Prepare surface of aluminium to be um, have archival qualities. You have to spend quite a bit of time on it. And um, yes, and and that and I'm trying to embrace more and more this um, the pain <laughs> of the of the material world that can happen. You know, it's um it's something that and transcended. <sighs> so, yes, I guess um that was that was the thinking behind no. um choice of material for that exhibition mm.
0: um, it's interesting this mention of pain, torture, discomfort. <laughs> it's not <laughs> unusual that artists want to put themselves in this discomfortable, uncomfortable positions, and now mm. that you say that, there seems to be some kind of coloration between. The discomfort and getting away from the cultural codes that you were speaking about, when you bring yourself to some kind of limit of the comfort, which is the limit of the known, something emerges. Is, is this the experience that relates to you?
1: Mm. Ira, would you be able to repeat this again?
0: Yes, yes. So you spoke about torture and discomfort as something that you're interested Mm -hmm. in working with. And then earlier you spoke about wanting to get away from cultural codes, from the norm. And I'm curious if there is something in relation there that through this discomfort and pain and torture and putting ourselves in unusual situation, I suppose, that we are able to get out of the habit?
1: Yes, yes. Um, it's, it, is, um, it is definitely uh, like a constant play between comfort and discomfort. And um, I think it's something that um, drives a lot of people to create work. We see... Um, it, it's it's also a chaos because you know the um and finding meaning in chaos it's very um uh, it's deleuze um it comes from deleuze I guess uh, some of his writing um also um you know just remember baronet newman's comment he was like you know confronting chaos is chaos is what um, links all people I think he said that yeah confronting chaos that what links all people.
0: Mm-hmm. um
1: so chaos as discomfort, but also you know and finding meaning in chaos is something that um you know creates a temporary comfort comfort for um for us, and this is very much the process of painting, mm-hmm. like you create a mess, <laughs> like you <laughs> create a mark, you get lost, it's chaos. And then, you have a choice to find a meaning in it, and yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think um, there the comfort comes from finding a meaning, but then the discomfort is so important because it's it's also like it's you know assertion of being. Um, mm it's it's that's when um things shift i think i th- i think i i'm 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 a little bit maybe i'm aware that i am a little bit scared of comfort
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> because um comfort could be dangerous one of my first performance works were about exploring the 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 comfort and uh there, um i was trying to preserve a um State of comfort. I was sitting in a chair and I found myself in a very um, peaceful, beautiful moment. And then i trying to hold that moment for the full working day. It becomes like a job to hold the comfort. So, you know, and what happens mm. in the process?
0: And why is I mean, comfort you know? dangerous?
1: I don't know. <laughs> 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 I don't know completely as it is but um, I think um, are we comfortable at the moment in our like existence as humans I think um, like you know we, we really worried um, about our existence on this planet
0: mm-hmm.
1: and at the same time we have greatest comfort
0: mm-hmm.
1: material comfort to some extent that we have had
0: yeah I think the comfort can make us lazy and as you say there is a shift that happens in discomfort and that shift can be powerful because we are changing status quo which especially these days is not necessarily what we want to preserve the status quo of the things as they are but if we are comfortable we are less likely to actually go against it I guess. I mean, revolutions do come from discomfort, <laughs> from the edge. Um, yeah, so, and, and the habits, we, we continue with habits, which, you know, there is a use in habit, of course, it helps. But lots a lot is lost in the habit, I feel. Our perception is lost. We don't see anymore. We don't hear anymore. Um, we don't feel anymore if we are just moving habitually through this world.
1: Absolutely. It's like the state of nothingness because nothing happens in the comfort zone. And, in you know, it's the, 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 it's a balance. It's, that's, that's why it's, you know, the chaos comes back to painting so much uh, because it's always and and, you know, in, in finding meaning uh, because the only truth you have to have a meaning or not to have a meaning. And if you choose to have a meaning, you can also, you know, you, you you need to like if you choose to have a meaning, that memory that of cows have to stay. Mm. you I'm talking. I'm actually talking about the painting process, and that's how it looks when I paint. Because um, yes, I. It's it's um the cows it's super important to us access this creative energy to find new things and and and, but then to realize that it's something new and found it's like it's a meaning but then if it's too much meaning it becomes stale and and lifeless so yeah the balance Mm. between those
0: Euronice Radio eighty nine point seven FM. This is Arts Monday Simpoesis. My name is Ira and we are in conversation with visual and performance artist Katya Petetskaya, who is based in Blue Mountains and currently has a solo show, Am I Nature, at the Blue Mountains Cultural Center. Katya, you just mentioned stale and liveless. And one of the things that you try to achieve or aim to achieve uh, in your paintings is a living image where painting is never fully formed but keeps pulsating with that vibrant energy. Can you speak a bit more about interest in that and what effect does that have? Why is it important to preserve this uh, living image, a live image? Mm. And um how do you achieve it as well? I think this um this comes
1: from um understanding i mean our culture is very much image driven, right? So we live in um um like image image everywhere. so in a way there's some um if you're an artist living in this era, you would want to resist the image <laughs> to some extent, maybe. And uh, But also, the linic image comes from understanding that I am looking, for, comes from realization that I am not interested in existing image. If I work with, um, I would never work with a sketch for that purpose, because if I was able to sketch something out, or if I have a photograph, or even an image that I found in nature, in culture, anywhere, something that is already formed, it's... It's it, it's already existing, and that is not um, new knowledge. There is uh, nothing new about it. Um, I'm interested to find um, image like a painting. When I paint, I create a painting through painting. Mm. So it's a painting that gets uh, delivered, discovered, and becomes um, you know what it is through painting process and -hmm. for me this is working with my medium Mm. my body's medium as well so that's why um that's why i think it would be a a living image because in this way it will never quite finish it's also you know as as we were talking about this um uh, like you know chaos creating creating meaning and then changing it and changing it again so um, so that's what makes it living, I think.
0: Mm. And then you also uh, want to, like the paint doesn't dry completely by the time you put it on the wall of the exhibition, if I got that right, to kind of keep making itself.
1: Uh, yes, I try to prolong. Um, I use some... Um, I, I paint with both, with oil and acrylics painting uh, it, paint. But um, if, if I work acrylic with with acrylics, I would uh, try to ex- extend the life of like. So for me, it's important that the medium stays wet for a very long time. So while it's still um, flexible, I um, can manipulate it, and it can manipulate me. Mm.
0: And the viewer as well, right? Because yes. there is this third element that comes in the the another body, a body of a viewer that engages with the work after Absol- you have engaged.
1: Yes. Yes. That's important.
0: Mm. And and one thing that comes to mind there is uh, one thing we maybe haven't mentioned yet, um but I'm imagining that the listeners might already be considering, is that these paintings are actually a very large scale. They're a human body scale, which makes them quite immersive for the viewer as well, for the audience in the exhibition.
1: I, I guess they are a bit um, large human scale, so they're about maybe 220 um, centimeters uh, high, and and some of them... Most of them, but some of them are larger and some are smaller. Um, I think that was maybe an intention to um, when I put the exhibition on um with the help of, um, of, of I was I had great support of installers because i it was it was difficult. And also um, and Poynton is a very, very. Um, amazing curator, so she helped me to curate um, the show that it, the ideas could be presented, you know, in the most clear way. And um, but when I put them on, I remember like I had this feeling of um, wow, I feel a little bit naked because there's so much of me in, and it's it's it, it. You feel it a lot, but uh, every time you you have an exhibition, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this, but that time kind of felt a little bit, for some reasons, it felt more than the others. <laughs> mm. um, yes, I, yeah.
0: And how did you then, what did you do when you f- confronted that feeling? Did you pair back or?
1: You just, just had to sit with it. Mm. And, um, you know, I was painting and to share I wasn't painting it to destroy this painting or um, to hide it. It was um, it. there was certain insight that uh, I discovered with my medium and my body and that insight is, you know, as an artist, I feel like I want to share it.
2: Mm-hmm. It's
1: all about it's a lot about sharing. I think I, uh, I would, I don't know if people would be creating art if it wasn't about sharing. Mm. I'm not sure. Maybe we would. Mm. Yeah.
0: That's... But
1: it's a we are very. We 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 have this. Um, I I really do. Um, I, I actually do believe in humans, <laughs> and, and think there is um, there's a, this. It's our feature. We want to share with each other. It's like urge, especially if you find something we want to share with others our pain, but we also everything that we discover that is really good, we mm. want to share. And um yeah.
0: <laughs> now that you mentioned pain and good, um the other day you and I had a brief chat and uh, you were telling me about the beginnings of performance art for you which did come after the visual arts and maybe about 8 years ago and one thing that you said is that when you paint when you go in the studio to paint you are usually in a good mood, happy and that performance art on the other hand allows you to purge out those more heavy, disturbing emotions. If I got that right, right, please feel free of course (laughs) to correct me. Uh, But if I am right, and I was curious, um, or if I did understand you right, I was curious, you know, what is it about performance as opposed to painting that allows you to go into these darker territories?
1: That's right. Um, we talked about it a little bit earlier. Um, and um, um, it's, so when we do like in performance work, I um, I can work um, when I were able to empty my body and i can work with the feelings that i'm going through like as my so, so as I, I, as my medium again they're not um i they're not possessing me in this way and i'm not um, possessing them it's it's more like i'm able to transform it it's an it's an asset it becomes an asset that um that when done correctly creates such, something totally entirely different mm. i mean like a lot of performance artists talk about you know the transformation is all you really go for and and um yeah when uh you succeed that's what happens like that's what happens it's um that um uh, transformation is um usually has an impact on my life and and it's always comes up as a very interesting result <laughs> if it happens yes
0: mm. and then given that with painting you tend to be in a bit more cheerful mood how does that cheerful mood translate in the choice of color that you work with
1: Mm. i don't i i don't remember saying cheerful yeah no
0: that's my word sorry you just said <laughs> you feel happier
1: <laughs> when yeah, you yeah, paint yeah. Mm. so um um yes I, I i had a vision of me being very cheerful and painting from um <laughs> you know from the state of happiness i i think in painting it's it's more that i feel like Somehow, I can very quickly access the state that I don't remember being myself. Mm-hmm. I feel the most connected to other humans. I don't know through what, maybe. Like, I do feel very much part of, of everything when I paint. I, I don't I feel the least myself and more everything. Like, it, it and then. It, in painting than maybe uh, in meditation <laughs> it's like this is probably the um, the closest when i read about this oneness with the world right so this is the closest experience i have it's when i, I paint i don't uh, feel very much um myself as katya uh, who goes through you know certain challenges in life or um she cannot resolve certain things Or she's having some uh, good events in her life. Like, I really just start feeling, to being part of everything and everyone, and that's very, um, and it's it's a very very cool feeling. Mm.
0: And the colors,
1: (laughs) color. Um, So I have a theory that that could be totally incorrect, but it is from my observations. I think. Some artists are very, like, they they really understand naturally color. And some artists really understand form and shapes. And it's very few who understand naturally both. And, um, And this is, I could be incorrect here, right? So I put myself in a category of shapes and forms. And color is challenging for me. I always, um, I, um, I approach color not as intuitively. I need to understand how it works. I need to do a little bit uh, more research um, behind the matrix of color. And, um, so using color, it's my personal weakness because, um, that's when I do maybe divert from my method when material dictates me what it proposes i'm trying to do it with color but this process is much slower Um, and that's why i guess when i find a color a combination that says something to me i um i'm really loving this conversation because it points out to me that my own places of comfort and i think i should explore the chaos a little bit in column i think i should risk (laughs)
2: Mm. Mm.
1: so yes i think um i could be more risky with column Mm. it's something that came before i'm and i knew that it um it had a message it had a and i guess it worked which is i'm not um Yes, I'm questioning it now.
0: Mm We are questioning this on EZ Radio 89.7 FM, Arts Monday, Simpoesi streaming to you from the getty land of the Eora Nation. We are in conversation with visual and performance artist Katya Petetskaya, who is calling us from Katoomba, where at the Blue Mountains Cultural Center, her current solo exhibition, Am I Nature?, is showing until 8th of October. It's definitely worth a little trip to Blue Mountains. So, Am I Nature? is a philosophical framework of this exhibition. You spoke quite a bit about this, you know, feeling, well, you just said feeling connected to everything when you paint. And I was wondering if this everything is also nature.
1: Yes, so the idea, I guess, again, it's, The um, relationship with nature is so um, old in art, right? So, um, like, just because of even the materiality of uh, painting process, we can go through art history and look at different artists and how they were responding to nature and what was their position, and it's really fascinating. I... um, I think for me that question came when I moved to the Blue Mountains, and I was surrounded by green ocean here, and the green ocean is uh, brought a lot of um, feelings and uh, emotions, and um, and something that I needed to process. Also, spend, spending time in um, in warmer parts of the world, um, in Cairns and Panama. I um, and spend time in tropics where um, life moves so fast. Uh, Everything dies and reproduces much faster, and grows and regrows, and um, and you could see then, you know, a lot of processes at play right in front of your eyes. And um, and that's in parallel with um, lots of conversations we we all have all around us. How we are all about, <laughs> you know, the potential extinction and um, why we're so out of balance. And, and yeah, so you wonder why is it everything is so in balance on Earth? And so, why are we so out of balance? What is it? Like, what, why, why, um, what's a, you know, if we are made of Earth, what program drives us to be so? out of harmony and balance with the rest. And, you know, some would say, yes, it's, um, um, you know, it happens, and then it gets cor- corrected. And in terms of um, time, it will be corrected. And, you know, like, I guess that's the biggest question, maybe one would have as a human. What, what, what is it? Where did, uh, where did it go wrong? Why are we creating so much discomfort in search of comfort on Earth?
0: Mm. And this connection, I think you're speaking about this connection from nature, actually, that we are programmed to, as you say, programmed to seek in some way. I think you were telling me the other day, or maybe I read in, in one of the interviews, that, you know, on the one hand, we feel a part of nature and equal to it, same or we are nature, as we say. But then on the other hand, we do everything to master it, to overcome it. And you use analogy of wanting to prolong life, for instance. Um, But then again, the survival is a natural thing as well. The desire to survive. I'm imagining that non-human Species also have that. It's just that maybe they don't have the same tools as we humans do to achieve that.
1: Absolutely, and that is interesting. Also, to ask why we, do we have these tools, and it's the relations, the, the the non-human world is, and how we treat that world is 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 um, again it generates some 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 many questions. Like, I think um, some people would say that nature is um, our mother. And I always felt a little bit uncomfortable with that. Because, um, yes, we made of it, it, you know, but the mothers, human relationship with mothers are always so complex. And it's it's full of complexities, and um, if we play it out with nature, it's it's not great. <laughs> like you know, like we can't be uh, naughty children who whatever we do can be forgiven by a mother who is loving and unforgiving. Well, I'm not sure nature is loving and unforgiving. It's it has everything comes to the sun. Everything competes with each other. For the sun, for example, in the jungles, you see that, and everything wants to survive. Mm. If humans uh, aim to survive, you know, like we, there's a, there's some strange uh, thing about us um, of um, eternity. From you know, very early cultures, we ha- have this message, <laughs> this search of um, being able to exist on Earth forever, and. Um, and it's also um, to me like that relationship, mother-child, you know, the symbiotic relationship. That also a symbiotic relationship includes parasitism, which is is I don't think it's working for for us as humans. And um, you know, the another relationship, like in some indigenous cultures, they treat being on earth as um, as guests, you know, so. And being a guest is, um, I think, it's much better concept because it implies some generosity and, and like gift exchange and reciprocity and respect, like like a lot of a lot of respect, or um, and also knowing that you'll be respected as a guest. Hmm. So, so I, um, I guess that's what I am. Um, This thinking. And as I said, like my process is all about how to be in this material world. So when we come with this idea to nature and we say like, you know, like, like, okay, well, um, we have visions, we have preconceived notions that is also our cultural codes, uh, driven by our cultural codes, they say, okay, well, I want warmth, I want uh, hot baths, I want this, 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 like, because um, garden uh, being cultivated in this particular way. So this is a preconceived notions. So they are not even coming from our investigation what our body actually needs Mm -hmm. on Earth. So, uh, so when I paint and I do performance work, this is what I'm trying to undo. Like when I work with my object, I'm trying to look at it and say, okay, I'm stripping away all its meaning, all its cultural codes, all its, um, no, uh, this function uh, that I ever knew, this knowledge that I ever knew about it. And now I look at it as I've never experienced it before. And what it is to my body. and hmm. What is my body? How this relates to that object? What can you can come out, out of it? And um, so that thinking, it's like um, it's a play. It's being able to, um, you know, create maybe a new discourse and, and a new so that 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 bits of new knowledge. That's what's interesting to me. And I think in a way, what I I'd, I'd love to experience this in you know, like in nature. <laughs> so, it's, you know, like as humans, we could, we could um question that our, you know, what we had before, maybe uh, some of it worked and some of it didn't. And maybe if we didn't come with ideas that already exist, that we had from the past, but we tried to, to find something new meaning in collaborating with nature.
0: Mm. And listening
1: Mm. to what it's proposing, its limitations, but also its opportunities Mm. rather than, you know, just like, oh, we want this and this and this. Because even our environmental thinking is still coming from, you know, sometimes um, from what we already know.
0: Mm. And this ability to question is innately human in ways, at least from our understanding of uh, what is out there beside us, Um, ability to, as we said, you know, uh, question the comforts that we have at the moment and explore (laughs) otherwise. And also, but, you know, questioning is connected to cognitive side of us, but then you spoke a lot as well throughout the show about the need to come back to our senses, which is coming back to the body. And as a performance artist, this is exactly what you do when you approach the painting and the process of painting through the body, through the feelings, rather than necessarily ideas, preconceived ideas. Katya, we will slowly yeah. be wrapping the show today. I think this is what you were just talking about, a good place to finish. Thank you so much for joining us this morning from Blue Mountains.
1: Thank you you so much for inviting. I really enjoyed the conversation and thank you for everybody who uh, listened to us and um, yes, uh, have a great day, everybody.
0: That was Aris Katya Petetskaya, who was uh, calling us from Katumba in Blue Mountains, and her solo exhibition, Am I Nature, is currently showing at Blue Mountains Cultural Center. So it's opened until 8th of uh, October, and it's definitely worth a visit. For more about Katya's works, you can head to katya.petetskaya.com or you can find her on Instagram at katya.petetskaya. You are on Eastside Radio
2: Crisis If I killed your father with a drone bomb. How would you feel, Crisis? If I killed your mother in the drone bomb.